Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's time for the next pop-up. All right. So, people, 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 people. It's been two days since the sports pop-up that I've had. And it's a lot to talk about. So, once again, I got to talk about the WNBA playoffs. Y'all going to probably turn me off after that. We got to talk about this trade that just popped up and what's the ramifications in the NBA. College football just dropped a big bombshell, which is what I'm going to talk about first today. And last but not least, a little potluck. A little potluck, okay? So first, let's talk about this college football. College football has officially expanded the tournament from four teams to 12. 12. Listen, man. I'm just going to say this. This is entirely too many. I thought when the expansion was going to happen, eight was going to be the number. But you move it up to 12, and you know what you're telling me? You don't want to find out who the true champion is in college football. You want money. Bottom line. And I probably would have thought about it a little bit more if it was eight teams because it makes it seem like you have to put the power five winners in and then you get the three next best teams in college football, which is normally teams that don't make the top four that are undefeated or just have one loss. And it was a good amount of teams that has been that for the last couple of years. I know last year we would have had, if it was eight teams, we probably had two teams that lost two games. But that's what I'm saying. Now you dilute what college football should really be about right now. Eight teams would have been perfect. There would not have been another adjustment you're still going to have that conversation where, oh, we need to think about this some more and probably add more teams, but you don't change it. I knew when they brought in this tournament that four teams was going to be a conversation to have later on. Here we are. Drop at the hat meeting. We move up to 12. 12 is a very, very weird number. 12 is a very, very weird number, Okay. So now you you have nine games. I think I counted that right. You have nine games instead of the normal seven, which means you're going for the money because you know people are going to watch. Okay? Now there's teams that normally wouldn't make it to the tournament are going to make it. And ultimately... You're putting a lot more tread on some of these kids' bodies. So I had to say it. The one thing that people were talking about before they made the college football tournament at four was the fact that you're putting more tread on these kids' bodies if they continue to win. Where was that in the discussion with this one? Easy. In the pockets.
So, again, we know what college football is all about. The money train is starting to lighten up a little bit with these kids because they're getting their own money, so now they found a way to do it. And isn't it weird that they decided to do this after been going back and forth for the last three years saying there's no way that they're going to change this to find a way to get more money in their pocket? I don't like it. I don't like it at all. But that's what we're living in now, people. All right. So the next topic up is the NBA. The Utah Jazz has been completely cleaning house. And it started with Rudy Gobert. And actually, it started with the head coach, which got the wrong end of the stick, I believe. They just let him walk. Did nothing but make the Utah Jazz the number one seed, number two seed this past year, number, I think number three seed. For the last five years, you just let them walk. And then shortly after, Rudy Gobert, who I feel is very overrated, but is a solid defender, and Danny Ainge finessed the Minnesota Timberwolves. I have no clue how he did it, but that's why he makes the big bucks. Finesse! Super finesse. I I had to stand and applaud Danny Ainge for that trade. Because whoever works in Minnesota should be fired the day after. And after the trade that happened today, further proves my point. Because a better player did not get as much as what they got for Rudy Gobert. And obviously, Utah Jazz is taking for the next few years. There's no way around it. They're looking for that big Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum thing that Danny Ainge pulled off before. So what happened today is the Utah Jazz traded Donovan Mitchell to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, it's been talked about for the last four years, I want to say four months, I was about to say four years, but it felt like four years. The last four months, Donovan Mitchell has been in talks with the New York Knicks for a trade. I'm sorry, he hasn't, but the team has. The New York Knicks. And he goes to Cleveland, which makes Cleveland entirely a scary team next year. Now, I thought about this, and at first I said, Cleveland might have given up a little bit too much. But then I looked at the trade and I said, Cleveland finessed Utah. I think they gave one extra draft pick that I probably would have. But it probably was done to make the trade make sense. But to give up Colin Sexton, who has had injury issues the last couple of years. Lori Markkinen, who I actually like. Lori Markkinen is a solid player. Three first-round picks, and then you swap two picks for Donovan Mitchell. Spider. 
listen, man. Uh, Cleveland, great job. Great job. So Cleveland has a lineup now that consists of Darius Garland at the one, all-star. Donovan Mitchell at the two, all-star. And yes, I'm saying it like this because this is how you guys understand basketball. I don't call it ones and twos unless I do for my team when I'm calling plays so they know where to be. You got Okoro, who's a solid player. The Nigerian is a solid player. Now y'all can say he's the weak link of the offense. That's fine because that offense is pretty strong. Then you got Mobley, I believe, playing power four, and then Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Then you got Allen in the middle. That's dangerous. That is a dangerous starting lineup. Now, could this potentially make them the top, one of the top teams in the East? If they stay together, I believe next year could be dangerous, not this upcoming season. If they keep this intact and have a solid draft pick, which can happen middle rounds, middle of the first second round, Cleveland could be a problem next year. They will be a problem this year. But I'm just overhyped right now. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Now, what does this mean for the rest of the league? And so far in the East, you got your heavy hitters. You still got your Milwaukee's at the top. Boston is still up there at the top. Milwaukee, I said Milwaukee. Miami, still up there at the top. So there's your top three right there. Then we don't know what to think about with Brooklyn. But if you're telling me Kyrie Irving plays 70 games and Ben Simmons is going to be on the court, I can slide those up in the top three. Obviously, we've seen where Chicago can be healthy. If Lonzo Ball can be healthy, you could... Ball, Levine, DeRozan in the backcourt... Yes, you can have three people in the backcourt, people. That's that's disgusting. Chicago is healthy. You could put them at the four or the five, mix them in with Cleveland. I like Orlando's future. They're not there yet. I think Atlanta, getting the DeJounte Murray in the trade, move them up in the top eight. I might slide them in at seven or eight at the moment. I have no clue what the Wizards are doing. I have no clue what the Hornets are doing. The Knicks got worse. The Pistons, they're on their way, but not this year. Okay? The Pacers, head scratcher. 
So, I know I'm leaving out some teams. But basically, those top six in the East are self-explanatory. The last four slots to get in could be very interesting. Very interesting. But it all depends, man. I, I, I don't know. It all depends. A lot can happen in the East. But guess who will be watching? This guy. Now let's talk about the West for a little bit. With Utah cleaning house, scratch them underneath Sacramento by now. But in the West, you already got your heavy hitters. Phoenix is still going to be there. Denver is still going to be there. Now you're getting Jamal Murray back in Denver. Good luck. I really hope Michael Porter Jr. can finally become healthy with this back issue. But you you are young and have a chronic back injury? It's not good look. Um... Portland always is going to do some damage, but will not be a top seed. Um, I'm going to throw the Clippers up there getting John Wall. You got John Wall, a healthy Paul George, and hopefully a healthy Kawhi playing uh, 60 to 70 games. That could be crazy. I'm still waiting to see what the Lakers are going to do, but I'm putting the Lakers up there, top eight this year. Um... I think they're able to do a deal with another team to get Westbrook out of there. Depending on what type of deal they receive, could be interesting. But to be honest with you, me personally, I like that Russell Westbrook in the backcourt. If both of those guys get focused on defense, you're not scoring in the backcourt. But this is a brand new league, so whatever. I'm just talking through my ass. Spurs are just dropped out. The Mavericks are up there. So that's, what, six teams. Um, Minnesota is on the way up. I don't know how the Gobert thing is going to work with uh, Anthony Edwards and those guys there. But they're on their way up. So that's seven. Memphis, top two, top three seed. That's eight teams right there. Here's the tricky part. The horn, the, the Hornets, the Pelicans. If Zion Williamson, ooh, so many W name, if Zion Williamson can come back healthy, and I'm using this for everyone, can play 60 to 70 games, the Pelicans can easily knock out one of those teams like a Portland or trade and whatever going with Anthony Davis, the Lakers. Yes, LeBron James is the best player in the league right now. But if you don't have a healthy Anthony Davis, I don't give a damn what LeBron does. And then literally it shows. Like, one thing that I talk about a lot 
I am one of those guys, and I coach the same way. You're going to have one of the, one player on your team that is the best player on your team. You do not need another player of that dude's caliber on your team to be productive. You don't. But that's what you do need. A guy that essentially knows his role and is amazing in his role. That's Anthony Davis. I remember at one point we, we couldn't have a top five without having Anthony Davis in the conversation. He is still that type of player when healthy. Case in point. Minnesota Timberwolves star player is not Carthy Jones. Anthony Edwards. How Anthony Edwards rolls is how the Minnesota Timberwolves roll. LeBron James is the best player on the Lakers. How the Lakers roll is how Lamar and um, Lamar. How LeBron James rolls. now, the Clippers' best player is not Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard has been on the court. We don't know what we're going to get out of Kawhi Leonard. It's Paul George. And we've seen what happened when they lean on Paul George. He cannot have a 20-point game. They lose. He cannot have a game when he doesn't have two steals. He's not aggressive on defense. They lose. So, obviously, Kawhi Leonard is the best player on the team, but he's not on the court. Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker is clearly the best player. But, to a guy that knows basketball, like myself, we understand that Chris Paul is the best player on the Phoenix Suns. How Chris Paul goes is how the Phoenix Suns go. It's proven because it's true. All through Chris Paul's career. So when it comes to the West, the West is extremely jammed. There's a lot of great teams in the West. But there is between the West and the East is the bottom teams in the West are way worse than the bottom teams in the East. I've seen the Pistons have some great games just couldn't finish. I've seen the Pacers have great games just can't finish. I've seen Orlando have great games just can't finish. I've seen Atlanta have great games just can't finish. Don't get me started on the Wizards who, who, lead, who led at the end of the third quarter, more than any other team in the league. Couldn't finish. But when you go to the West, oh, my word, the Houston Rockets. Great talent. But they enter the third quarter, 20 points down, often. Sacramento Kings. Come on, we know the history of the Kings now. Like, let's be real. We're going to add Utah to that list this year. We're going to add the Spurs to the list this year. We 
you're going to add Oklahoma City to that list this year. Especially with Chet Holmgren getting hurt for the season with the list, Frank. So the bottom teams are literally the bottom in the West. A lot of the big feeders beat up on those teams. Rarely happens in the East. The Knicks will sneak a couple wins up in there when they had no business winning. Same thing with Pistons. I've seen the Pistons. I know they only won like 20 games or something like that. Something real low. But they was in about 40 of them games that they lost. And they're just going to get better. I like the draft. They got Ivy to go along with Cunningham. And if you get Marvin Bagley to play some good basketball with, with this situation, oh, man. So, listen. I'm excited. I cannot wait to see what the NBA season is going to bring. Should be fun. Should be entertaining. But the deals ain't over with, man. I'm not making no prediction yet. The season doesn't start till the end of October. We got two more months to warm up, baby. Yes, indeed. I can't wait. So, I'm going to take me a quick break. I got to get a, some water in my system. Yeah, I know. Talking is, is, is crazy here. So, I'll be back in just un momento. Okay, everybody, welcome back, welcome back. So next up, we're going to talk about what's going on in the WNBA playoffs right now. It's been a very, very exciting playoffs. I love the new format. I wasn't a huge fan of the old format because it felt like certain teams didn't have a chance with that one game and done for the first two rounds. Making it a best of three and then now best of five is still not enough. It makes it more fun. Now, the reason why I say that I don't like the best of three is because after the first two games, if it goes 1-1, the team that has a better record loses home court. Because the third game is at the lower seed's home court. But this best of five series that's in this round with uh, Seattle... Storm going against the Vegas Aces and uh, Connecticut Sun going up against. Oh, just drew a blank. Why am I? Oh, this is bad. Um, sorry, you guys know that I like to do my podcasts while I'm in the car driving along, so I can't really look at my phone. But um, Chicago Sky, Jesus. I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, Candace Parker going up against Connecticut, just dogging them. But I couldn't think of the team name. Okay, so listen. Chicago and Connecticut basically had identical records in the regular season. Chicago had one less loss. Um, and Chicago was actually tied with the Aces, but the Aces had the tiebreaker because I think they, they beat them. Um, had a better record than them as well. Um but Sunday, going into game three, it's going to be some fire going on in this game. Because Connecticut, even though they lost the last game, 
and they got pretty embarrassed because uh, Chicago is one of those teams that if you beat them, you better have that same energy come game two because they're coming at you. So anybody that likes basketball, this is when you watch. Right now, the WNBA playoffs is when you watch. So if you're telling me you're not watching the WNBA playoffs, you're not a basketball fan. I've enjoyed every single second, except for Rakeena Williams. That's a long story. I, I've had my issues with Rakeena Williams for a while, uh, since she was with the Sparks, and she was just the gunner. The Aces have a player, Rakeena Williams, literally does nothing <coughs> but shoot the basketball. And I'm not talking about good shots. She just shoots the basketball. Like, if she has the ball, everybody go for a rebound. We've all had, we've all played pickup with one of those type of players. This is Rakina Williams. Give me the ball. She's gonna take however many dribbles she needs to take. She's not gonna look at the rim. She's just gonna go up and shoot some at the rim. She did it about nine times in the last game. And if the Aces really needed it, she'd have shot him out the game. But, listen, this is why I don't coach in the WNBA. This is why Becky Hammond is making the million that she got. I just coach high school girls basketball. That's it. But these games have been exciting, man. And I know you guys are going to look at the score and be like, man, the Aces won by eight. I mean, that was a blowout. Listen, this particular game was a blowout. But the Aces had them by... It was a lot. It was almost 20. And they ended up coming back, creeping back a little bit. And in that Chicago game, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, they're going to end up fighting before this series is over with. I'm telling you that. Stamp it. But the game one with Storm and the Aces, both away teams won. The Storm won by three. Connecticut won by five. And it was... Very close. Very close. I, I think in the Connecticut game, Connecticut-Chicago game, no team was up more than five points the entire second half. It was crazy. Crazy. I enjoyed every minute of it. So I know everybody's Sunday is going to be very much open this week. No excuses. Football don't start this week. I'm telling you guys now. Check it out. Watch the game Sunday, 1 o'clock. So ESPN 2 and ABC at 3. ESPN 2 at 1 o'clock, ABC um, at 3 o'clock. I wish both of them were on ABC, but I think ABC has a college football game, 12 o'clock. Watch them. Thank me later. And I swear to God, if I watch, if I listen to another podcast that cannot pronounce these players' names, I'm a flip. You please do not talk about a sport where you can't even pronounce the players' names. Ajaya Wilson. Her name is Asia. Asia Wilson. Say it the way it's spelled. 
Asia. Ajaya. Get the fuck out of here. Everybody knows how to say uh, Brianna Stewart. Everybody knows how to say Kelsey Plum. Asia Wilson. Chelsea Gray. Chelsea. Chelsea Gray. Literally. I sat there and listened to a podcast and I was like, oh, somebody's talking about the WNBA. Kalea Copper, not Kalea Cooper. C-O-P-P-E-R. Not C-O-O-P-E-R. Kalea Copper. Jean Quell, not Jacqueline. Like, why am I even... It's embarrassing. If you want to talk sports... Get, at least get the pronunciation to a lot of these players' names. Because you look stupid. I literally left a comment saying, listen, I understand and I appreciate you guys talking about women's sports. We need more of it. But please. It's Elizabeth Cambage. Not Liz Cambage. Emma Meeseman, not Eminem Beastman. Azure, not Azure. What what are we doing? I literally sat here and listened to a podcast to torch these players' names. I used to tell people, listen, if you're not gonna get my name right, just just say excuse me. Say hey you. Or just call me Irv. Simple. But you know what really bothers me? It's the people that want to jump on when the league is hot. The WNBA has been hot this entire season. This has been a very good year for the WNBA. Unless you are playing with the Indiana Fever. Other than that, it's been a very good year for the WNBA. I enjoyed every minute of it. Please give these this, this league a chance, man. Because I'm tired of everybody talking about how bad some things are with this league. But aren't watching. So how do you know it's bad? Yo, I'm a basketball fan, so why do you watch the men's league? Yo, the dunks and the crossovers is crazy. You're not a basketball fan. You, you just watch Sports Center. Why are you watching the games? Just watch Sports Center. Sports Center. It's a joke. People watch the NFL for big plays and big hits. You don't watch it because it's a good game. People watch baseball to see the home runs and the bases stolen. You don't watch it because it's good defense and and good pitchers on the mound. 
pitching a game of baseball, it takes extreme strategy. I don't care. You want to know how I don't, how you guys don't care? For the last 15 years, I've been explaining to people that basketball has changed so drastically. There's literally only three point guards in the league. Stop calling anybody else a point guard. Literally. Ben Simmons, Lonzo Ball, LaMelo Ball, Chris Paul. No other player is a point guard. Literally, there's no other point guards in the NBA. Trey Young is not a point guard. Kyrie Irving is not a point guard. They're scoring guards. I would add Rondo, but is Rondo in the league anymore? Rondo could just get act he just get annexed every time he turn around. Somebody tried to say Marcus Smart is a point guard. No, he's not. What are we even talking about? A guy that gets assists does not make you a point guard. When I learned about the point guard position when I was growing up, none of these guys know. It's basically described the same way as a quarterback is on a football field. You have to know where everyone is, where everybody goes. You have to be the coach on the field, on the court. You, guy bringing the ball up the court, running the offense is not a point guard. Draymond Green runs the offense. He's not a point guard. He also doesn't bring it up the court often. But the play starts with him. A pass goes to him. The passer that gives it to Draymond is not the beginning of the play. The play moves the second Draymond gets the ball. Again, this is why guys like LeBron is not a point guard. LeBron knows where to make the perfect pass. He's a facilitator. That is a position. He's a facilitator. Facilitating forward. If you don't know what that means, we can't talk basketball. But that's what I'm talking about. The league is not the same anymore. It's not as simple as point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. You got stretch bigs. You got point forwards. Like Zion is a power forward. He's a guy that plays under the basket, bully ball. And can shoot a mid-range. That's basically your standard power forward. Bully ball. 
and it can get you boards. That's what Power Forward does. It sets the screens. Centers barely exist anymore. You know what a center is? On defense, a center is basically your point guard. A center has to see the entire court and assist with the defense. But you guys won't know that. So when you got these stretch bigs, it takes away from the center because the center cannot play what his position is called. The center. You do not have to be seven foot three to be a center. A center protects the paint. A center lets everyone know what's going on. He plays the center of the basketball court. This is my potluck. Sorry, I meant to say this before. We need to talk about what positions are truly in basketball. So, like, you look at teams that... I'll give you an example. Minnesota Timberwolves. D'Angelo Russell is not a point guard. He's a scoring guard. They don't have a guy on Minnesota that facilitates the offense. They can run a offense, but you don't have a guy that every play runs through. They use each person. Watch the games. It's time Anthony Edwards will get the ball. That's when the play starts. They'll swing the ball a couple times, do a couple movement, but that's not the play. You'll see guys, when they run plays on offense, pass the ball to the wing, set a screen, run baseline. When you pass the ball to the wing, that's not the beginning of the play. The beginning of the play is that back screen. Because that's when everyone on the court moves around. Nobody's moving on that first pass. You ever watch a game of basketball and they just swing the ball around and and then everybody yells in the crowd, move, move around, do something. Because you're not running anything. That's not offense. You're not running an offense. You know what team does that the most? Any team that has a LeBron James player on it. Do you want to know when any team that had a LeBron James player on it was unstoppable? Look at that year two Miami Heat team. They was running plays all the time. The game was entirely too easy for LeBron James. Entirely too easy. When you force the action on your own and make one pass, that's not an offense. That's why so many players don't want to play with him. Players like to actually do stuff, even if they don't get the ball. Just them knowing that they're doing something to create positive outcome on offense and on defense, players love that. That's why so many good players get lower production when they play with guys like a Russell Westbrook, guys like a LeBron James, guys like a Kevin Durant. 
But the production stays the same when you play with guys like Stephen Curry. When you play with guys like Donovan Mitchell. Because they're not feeding to play offense all by themselves and be the one and be that the guy. If that makes any sense. It's the difference between being the guy and being that the guy. A guy that we give you the ball and everybody just move out the way. You're not gonna win like that. Oh, I'm going kind of fast. You're not, you're just not. But that's how I think. But a lot of people that I talk to and that I discuss sports with, they see sports in a different way. And that's fine. I'm literally on on here, before I started this podcast, listening to XM Radio, and they were talking about how Paul George is listed as a small forward. Uh, in pro in pro basketball focus, and I'm thinking to myself, Paul George has not played small forward in a while. And then they said Norman Powell is going to slide in as the two. Norman Powell plays more small forward than Paul George does. A small forward is one of those guys that does a little bit of everything and facilitates. Not necessarily in that order. So, like, your small forward majority of the time is that guy that will probably guard the best player on the other team. Your small forward is that guy that is not your top scorer but can be if needed be. I guess I did just describe Paul George, okay? Paul George has defended some of the best players on the other team. But when Kawhi Leonard is there, that's not him. I really did just describe Paul George. I feel stupid now. So, okay. Yes, you got two small forwards. But Paul George is literally a scoring guard. He's a a two-way scorer, which is rare for a two-guard. Most of your best defenders are point guards, small forwards, on every team. Majority of the time. So, I'm just saying, call call it what you want, but... Basketball is not the same like it used to be, okay? Um, I'll just say this. Going forward... I enjoy having these discussions. I'm truly about to start using a stereo app. I really figured out how to use everything and how to guide and add people. That's the next move. Okay? So look out for that. I appreciate you guys coming through. 
checking your boy out. I will holler at you guys very soon. If you guys have any topics for me to talk about, let me know. That will be the next pop-up probably tomorrow. Uh, so, yeah, hit me up on my socials, Big Irv 716 I just posted up the basketball schedule for my school year, Coach Irvin Payne. Check that out on my Twitter. Love you guys, man. I appreciate it, man. All the, all the positive feedback that you guys are giving me, all the, the greatness that you guys said that I do. Uh, it's, it's much love. Um, you know, I, I really need to get back into doing this. I, I'm upset because I lost a lot of the listeners that I had because, you know, I had a lot of family issues going on and I changed jobs and I, I, I was doing a lot of things and podcast wasn't one of them. So the pop-up podcasts are going to start coming a lot more regularly. So look out for that at least three to four times a week, as long as there's a solid news week. I appreciate you guys, man. I love you guys, man. Peace out.